Today, <coughs> we are discussing sin and salvation. Now, I think this goes along with my testimony in my first recording. This is Austin Michaels. So, my first recording is my testimony. And it's mostly based on experiential knowledge plus scriptures of how God led me to salvation. Sin and salvation is more of the theological side to the same subject of salvation. We as Christians want to experience the scriptures as well as understand the theology behind the scriptures. Those two, two things help us to, one, experience the Holy Spirit instead of just being people who read books. But on the other hand, the theology helps us to understand why and what happened in my experience so I can continue doing the right thing. Because if I don't understand what is happening in my experience, I might be deceived by Satan and stop pursuing that which is right. And the good theology confirms my experience or confirms that I should not be doing something. So, we pursue an experiential salvation, but we always want to check the scriptures constantly the rest of our lives and make sure we're on the right path. They, too, are not opposites. They're the same. Uh, or, or they're two uh, scissors have two blades, and they work together. Because the same spirit that is empowering me to experience and pursue Christ Jesus is the same spirit that helps me in my study of scriptures. Now, sin and salvation. Sin, by definition, is anything that God declares to be wrong and or immoral or wicked. To me, um, I think most people get that's a quite obvious and good definition. So, um, what is there a list of sin in the Bible that's um, fully uh, like everything possible? I do not think that any one scripture passage, in my opinion, Gives every single every single type of sin possible, um, because there are categories of sin, and we can generally know if we're disobeying God in one of those categories or not. Um, of course, you cannot list every sin in the entire world. For instance, you could say it's wrong to steal. But the Bible does not have to list it's wrong to steal ten dollars, it's wrong to steal a cow, it's wrong to steal a brick, it's wrong to steal um, apples from your neighbor's tree, and etc. and on and on and on. You can never list every single possible type of sin. 
but you can list every single category. And so I don't know that um, you can find every single specific sin in Scripture, but surely you can um, find everything we need to know to be holy and righteous, since the Scriptures are fully adequate. And so I decided to use Romans chapter 1 as a list because it's a quite a long list. Again, I don't know that this has every category per se because I did not really um, look at it trying to figure out if it had every single category. But um, here are some sins to get your idea of what sin is. Um, and we'll start in verse 28 and Paul is... Of course, you should read the whole chapter how mankind becomes more wicked and evil. And verse 28, it keeps going, says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Now, to be doing all these type of sins, Paul's about to say, they first did not like to retain God in, in their knowledge. Every single culture entire world had a good understanding of God at some point and even in America many people had a good understanding of what God is because of our, our Christian nation but they don't like to retain that because they want to do what they want to do so that therefore their minds become debased becomes dark people start thinking um, how to sin and start thinking of all kinds of bizarre, weird, and just sinful, wrong, immoral things. It starts with you think of something that society starts thinking dark and they become dark in their deeds. Therefore, it shows that their minds darkened. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. Now it says so filled with all unrighteousness. We're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit filled Christian is opposite of being filled with all unrighteousness. Those people are, are like the days of Noah that all they could think about was how to sin. It says they were filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife. Deceit, evil-mindedness, they're whisperers. Now, um, sexual immorality is probably saying they're filled with all this type of stuff. Um, that's why our society has all kinds of sexual problems. If you live in America, you know everything's going on right now. And so that's a sign that we're filled with all unrighteousness, whether it's homosexuality, bestiality, uh, having sex with little kids, um, sex trade industry, and I should and I have to point this out. Any Christian, anyone, period, who pays for pornography is paying for the sex industry and giving those people money to keep enslaving girls to sex. And God says as a Christian, if he causes a little one to stumble, you're a better off drowning in a sea with a big millstone than, than what is coming next. If you're a Christian and you're paying for pornography, I fear for your salvation. You 
better repent. Or what is coming is you're cast off from the hope of God because of what you're doing. Deliberately sinning uh, like that, you ha- you're perverting the faith of the little one. And Jesus says your judgment is great and you're falling off the narrow path. And so, um, covetousness, you're just never happy with what you have. You want other things other people have. You're envious. And of course, strife and whispers means you are, of course, talking about other people behind their back for evil purposes and other stuff like that. Verse 30, backbiters, haters of God, you hate God. Violent, proud, boasters, inventors, inventors of evil things. I you I don't can't list every sin. Again, you could be inventing all kinds of evil things. You know what they are. Disobedient to parents. It's actually a very serious sin in the Old Testament to be disobedient to parents. The same God. It's also in the New Testament. Same thing. But um, that we have all kinds of disobedience to parents is actually very serious in God's eyes. Undiscerning, which means you, you don't have that spiritual sense. You can't discern what's right and wrong. Untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. If you are unforgiving, if you are unmerciful, then you will not receive mercy. You will not be forgiven of your sins. God says, forgive and you will be forgiven. If you be merciful, you'll receive mercy. But if not, you won't. Verse 32, who knowing the righteous judgment of God. They knew the righteous judgment of God. Most everyone has at some point in life or every culture used to. That those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. By the way, most of these sins were deserving of death. A lot of them are, at least. Stoning to death or being burnt alive or whatever. And so, sin is any of these things that are wrong and anything else you know would be wrong or sense is probably wrong. And it's what God says it's wrong. Why does it matter what God says what's wrong and not what you say? Because God's the one that's going to judge you in the, the age. He will throw you in a lake of fire if you sin. So, for eternity. So his definition is the only thing that matters. Whether a Supreme Court or a government changes what is right and wrong doesn't matter because God will throw them all in the lake of fire if they all continue to sin. Uh, This lifetime you may live 30 years, 50, 70, 90 years, but you have eternity in the lake of fire. What God says is final and he has a final judgment call. We ought to live for him on this earth and not give in to what mankind says is wrong. There are other scriptures that clearly teach that those who sin will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whether you're a Christian or not, listen to this. God is not a favoritism. Therefore, if you're a Christian and you sin, John says... If you practice sin, you're of the devil, even if you claim to be a Christian. Whether you're Catholic or Protestant or Eastern Orthodox or whatever else, 
If you practice sin habitually, John says you're deceived. You think you're Christian and you're not. So, anyone who knows this by reading the scriptures, like me my testimony, we know we deserve death, we know we're sinners, we, by natural um, common sense, stop, try to stop sinning. There's still a problem with the sins we already have committed, but we focus on not sinning. Now, there is something in mankind when you pursue God, and I and I told you in my testimony, my experiential knowledge, but Scripture declares, and Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7, this struggle, that when I try in my own strength, and in my flesh, and in my good soul, in my good will, in other words, I'm not trying to be evil, I'm really trying to be good, but still on myself only, to stop sinning and to be righteous, because not being righteous, not doing the right things also sin. Not just what I don't do, but what I should do. And I don't do that, which I should do. All that is sin. And so, when I try to not sin and try to be righteous, we as mankind face this dilemma. We find that we cannot stop sinning. We actually start to figure out we're a slave to sin. We are under sin's dominion, and every time I try not to sin, I keep on sinning. And so we're slaves to sin. And, and to be righteous, the, the actual righteous standard, it can be seen in Jesus Christ in the Gospels, and especially in the Sermon on the Mount. Many men have said that is an impossible life to live, the Sermon on the Mount. And I agree. From a human perspective, if you try to live in Sermon on the Mount, it is nearly impossible. But Jesus says you must do this perfectly, like I have. But Jesus Christ actually lived the Sermon on the Mount. And there's something in mankind he finds that we just can't live up to God's standard. We cannot do that. No matter how hard we try, we cannot live up to God's standard if we're honest with ourselves. Now, Galatians 3.11 says um, that, um, let me look it up, because I, um, I can't uh, remember off the top of my head. But it says that sorry, I um I ha I I try to look up on one of my apps. The scripture passage by had a Facebook ad and there was no exit out of it. How how nice of Facebook. So you have to click on it. So I'm gonna use my other app that doesn't have ads. It probably knew that I was trying to give this 
scripture out. So that's why Facebook put that ad on, app on, knowing them. Now Galatians chapter 3 verse 11 says, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And of course, Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of glory of God. So scripture basically declares that everyone has come short of the glory of God. Now the glory of God means what God wants to be glorified in. And us being like Him. That with things we shouldn't do, the things we should do. So, it declares from a theological standpoint... Yes, what we experienced is absolutely correct. You cannot keep God's standard. We can't. We can't be righteous enough. No matter how hard we try, we can't. No matter how try we being righteous, we can't do it. No matter how much try hard we try, we cannot sin. Therefore, we all are headed to hell. And so it's evident that no one is justified by the law. The law is just the law of Moses, which means he gave the law and said you have to do all these things. No one could do it. We just said that. And so as a Christian or as anyone, we face a dilemma in life. On one hand, God says I have to be, have this standard in my life to be righteous. But on the other hand, I can't obtain to that standard of righteousness. On one hand, I have to not sin. I have to be perfect. On the other hand, I keep on sinning. And even though I know God's merciful, I know if I practice sin, I, I, I don't go to heaven. And so mankind... Trying to live up to God's standard has a huge dilemma on their hand. Somehow their life has to be Christ-like. And as a human, I know I cannot be Christ-like. I've come to that knowledge of I can't just, I just can't do it. And that's what God wanted to show mankind from the beginning. You cannot, in your own human strength, no matter how hard you have tried, no matter how good-willed you are, no matter how honestly you're trying, honest man can't do it. Good man can't do it. Good man, honest man, all in the sight of God are wretches because we fall so short of God's glory. And this is the dilemma we face. But to end this section... Um, I do want to say, anyone who knows the gospel knows this, that God took all our sin on himself. Because one problem we face because of all this is we've sinned a lot. Besides the fact that we're going to be a slave to sin, it feels like, when we continue to sin, the one problem on one hand is we have a lot of sin records on us. A lot of things on our records that show we're sinners. God has placed that sin on Christ, and He took 
all the records and put all that sin on himself and paid all sin's penalties on himself and bore the full wrath of our sin so that we can be cleansed, cleaned, have a free slate. But on the other hand, I have a second problem is that I wasn't righteous enough. I had all this righteousness I could not do. Besides sinning, even if I had no sin in my account, I, I have no righteousness in my account because I'm so unrighteous. The, on, the, on the other hand, on the positive side, I don't have enough good works to my account. I do not fulfill the very righteousness of God. Well, Jesus Christ became man to take man's punishment, but he was God. Therefore, he earned the very righteousness of God himself being God. Only God could pay the infinite righteousness God owes. We owe the Father an eternity in hell. Only an eternal person, a being, could pay the eternal, eternal righteousness. And that is why Jesus had to be God, not just man. He was man to stand in man's place. He was God to pay the eternal debt we owe God. See, we have sinned against an infinite God, and a mortal man cannot pay infinite righteousness. But he must be man to pay man's sin. A man must be die for mankind to represent mankind. But a mankind, the best man in mankind, cannot pay an infinite God who is immortal. But Christ became the man-God, the mortal man but the immortal God. Therefore, Jesus Christ is the only person that could, on one account, pay for all, all our sins, but on the other hand, pay the infinite righteousness. So by receiving Christ Jesus by faith, because we can't work it out, we already know we can't do any righteousness to obey God. So by faith, I receive not only forgiveness of my sins, but I get the righteousness of Christ so that when I work out my salvation in this time and space I'm in, the Holy Spirit energizes me to and gives me the God energy to do those righteous deeds. So it's God's righteousness working through me. Therefore, I fulfill that righteousness in my experiential life and I stop sinning. Because not only has it cleansed my sins, but I have a third problem. I have a sinful nature. I keep on sinning, not because I'm a, because I, I keep sinning, but because I have a sinful nature. And so, if I were a, I sin because of my sinful nature. And so, even if you forgave all my sins at this moment of time, because I'm a sinner, I'll keep on sinning. So Christ crucifies my sinful self. He deals with the root of the problem. By crucifying the sinner self from sinner part of me to stop me from sinning. And so I'm dead to sin. And that Holy Spirit is the one again that makes that experiential in my life. So by the time I die, I know all my sins are forgiven. So I don't have a single sin I have to pay for. I know that the righteousness I experientially worked out because I followed God is the very righteousness of Christ. Therefore it fills righteousness. I know that I can experience less and less sin. As far as I walk in the footsteps of Christ, because because the Holy Spirit will bring into my experience the dead that I'm actually freed from sin, 
And so Christ becomes to us a complete salvation. Now I pray that this sin and salvation recording, God would take this and convict you, encourage you, and help you stay in a narrow and straight path. Because it is by faith alone this all comes to us. And so God bless you, my listeners.